Welcome to Coffee with the Snows, where we talk about everything from the Bible to current events, but always flavored with high-octane caffeine and biblical thought. I'm your host, Art Snow, along with my co-host and my beautiful wife, Sharon Snow. We begin every broadcast with me describing our coffee mug of the day. Every mug in our collection has a story. And today is Think Coffee. It's a beautiful porcelain mug, kind of an off-white, and in the middle it says Think Coffee in blue letters. Well, I like this mug because, number one, I love coffee. And number two, I believe thinking is important. I think Christians ought to be good thinkers. So every time I drink my coffee from this mug, it reminds me that God, one of the greatest gifts that God has given to mankind is the ability to think. So I love to think. I love to think inside the box and outside the box. And I love drinking coffee when I do it. So there you go. So today, you want to say hello, Sharon? Hi. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Today, our topic is going to be expanding the human footprint. Now, the reason I chose to talk about this is because last year, one of our staff members came to me and said, Pastor Art, we need to, we need to expand your social media footprint. <laughs> and I laughed. That means, you know, social media, Instagram and Facebook and podcasts and those kinds of things. But my observation and I know you observe the same thing as we're out together all the time, is that people have forgotten what it's like to be human. So they're so consumed with their, with their devices, right? So I tell a story here. We were out at Red Lobster a couple months ago, and there's this husband and wife and child about six years old sitting there having dinner. The entire time they had dinner, the husband and wife never spoke to the child, they looked at their phone the entire time. So they're bringing their fork around their phone, eating while they're sucked into their telephone. And I thought how tragic that is. We've lost the touch, the human touch. Especially when the little girl made multiple attempts to get their attention and they just kept telling her to be quiet. Yeah, how sad, right? They're right. missing the life of a child growing up. So there's something called monthly active, uh, monthly active, users. That's what it is. Monthly active users. That's how you determine on social media how big the media is. So listen to this. Facebook has 2.23 billion monthly active users. Messenger has 1.3 billion monthly users. Instagram has 1.1 billion users every month. WhatsApp? It's one 15 billion users per month. Viber, 260 million users per month. Twitter, 335 million users per month. Tumblr, 642 million users a month. And I could go on and on and on. I've got them all listed, like 25 of them here. It's crazy. But this is how people are consumed. They're taking all their time on social media, and they're forgetting the simple things about conversation. I think one of the things that is lost, and I even find myself doing it, is uh, having a conversation with someone and someone texts you and you look, you look at your phone. And so what happens is you're having a conversation, but no longer are you looking the person in the eye and no longer are you giving someone your full attention or 100% of your attention. There's always that pull to you know, look at the phone or excuse me, I have to take this or, you know, whatever. 
Even sometimes I give my phone to my secretary in the other room if I have an important meeting. But the problem is my watch still goes off, right? So my watch is buzzing me now. So there's all these constant reminders of how tethered we are to technology. And I think we need to be less tethered and to technology and more tethered to human beings. Well, it used to be that phone calls were made or things were sent because there was a sense of urgency. I mean, yes, there were phone calls if you just called a friend to chat or but you were you were calling that friend to talk to that one person for a specified period of time. Now you can be texting three or four people at the at the same time all in different states. And and really truly nothing is that important. Um you know, I, a lot of times our children call us and of course, we would never not answer a phone call from one of our children, but often they want to know, hey, where did you put the rice? Or, hey, you know, <laughs> exactly. is right. it okay if I drink this tea? And it's like, you really, seriously, you interrupted my very important meeting to ask me if you can drink tea? You know, we could. But everyone knows if our kids call, we answer the phone, right? That's Correct. always, that's anyone who sits in our offices knows if our kids call, we answer them. Well, I and I, I think that that is something that, that has to be an advancement in technology because when I, when I was younger, I could never have called my mom. If something happened at school, I would have had to rely on the school secretary or my teacher to go to the office and, and call my mom. Now, if something happens at school, Kate just texts me or, you know, it's, it's so, it's so prevalent and it's so instantaneous that kids today are not trained to hold their questions until the end of the day when they see their parents. It's just the thought is the action. And um, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's something that we can go backwards on. I, I don't think you can take that back. So I was in the dentist office the uh, dentist office the other day, and there's about 20 people in the waiting room, very large waiting room, and every human being in the room was sucked into their telephone. There's no conversation, no human connectiveness whatsoever. Now, when you go to Walmart or to Target someplace, they don't want you to talk to a cashier somewhere. They want to take you over to the self-checkouts, right? So you're talking to a computer, to a machine, insert your money, whatever it tells you to do, you do that. So we've lost the skill set of communication. So let's talk about how we communicate with one another. Let's talk about those skills that are important. Um, listening. Talk to us about listening, Sharon, the importance of the listening skill. Oftentimes, when people listen, what they're actually doing is hearing the first sentence or the first phrase, and then their mind shifts to formulating their response. And I think that's a common thing to do, but when you actively listen, your mind is focused solely on the person who is talking, mm -hmm. and yeah. you are not formulating your response or you're not you know trying to figure out what you want to say as a retort or as or as even as an answer and so active listening is something that is becoming a lost art something else that's becoming a lost art is writing notes to people writing letters right because now we email now we text uh now we what's that marco polo we marco polo one another and when's the last time you think about this that you received a thank you note in the mail? Do you remember, what did you always teach our kids growing up about thank you notes? That they needed to be personal, they needed to be handwritten, and they needed to be done in a timely fashion. Yeah, that's right. 
It's something to receive a thank you note in the mail after you've given a gift to somebody. That's a lost art form today. <clears throat> what about like nonverbal, uh, nonverbal skills, gestures, facial expressions, body language, tone of voice, right? We've, you, none of that conveys on a text or an email. So I often tell couples if they're having, if they're odds with one another and arguing, never argue over a text. Why is that? It's very, very, very dangerous because you can't see my face. You can't hear my tone. It is very, very easy to internalize a string of words that you see on a screen and devise your own meaning or your own intent for those words. And then once your mind has decided the intent or the motive of those words, no matter what the other person says, it's really hard to back that up and, and believe that the other person didn't mean it the way you thought they did. And uh, it, plus I think that you can fire something off in a text mm -hmm. yeah. uh, emotionally that if you were looking at the person, you wouldn't say. And, and there's something uniquely different about uh, clicking it in a text as opposed to taking a pen and writing it down on a piece mm, of paper. Right. Because oftentimes we invite people to write letters to each other if there's conflict mm -hmm. so that they can both get their full thought out before they're interrupted or whatever. And there are things that I won't write, but I would text. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Let me ask you a question, Sharon Snow. Have you ever sent the text to the wrong person? <laughs> never. I, that's never. I, why? Why would you even ask that? I'm always so careful of, about that. No, that's a total lie. I, I've oftentimes sent the wrong text followed by, I'm very sorry, that was meant for someone else. Yeah, that's a skill set you need to work on there for sure. Um, you know, there's also something in nonverbal things that it's how you dress oftentimes sends a message. Have you noticed that? Uh, Dr. Joe Jania says this, if you want to say something outrageous, wear a suit. Well, that's funny, but you could wear a hat. You could wear something, but sometimes our clothing even says something, doesn't it? It, it sure does. And I think that um, we've, we've gotten, it, many, many phases of society has gotten way too casual. Um, I find that we don't, we don't, a lot of people don't dress up anymore. You know, now some businesses, they, they dress for business and, and things like that. There's always going to be that element in society, but we're kind of a jeans and sneakers mm, society casual, now. casual world. And so it's often hard to take someone seriously as a leader when they don't dress at least as they would have dressed in our generation. You mm. know, we don't see them dressed as what we think a leader should dress as. You know, the other thing I was thinking about too is facial expressions. Oh. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, not too long ago being in some store where I had to stand in line to check out and there was a, a little baby, um, under two for sure, in the cart ahead of me and being totally and completely ignored by, by whoever was with him. I don't know if it was parents or, you know, whoever, but they were having an adult conversation. They were also both on their phones and this little child was just sitting there. And so I looked over and I smiled at, at the little boy. Mm -hmm. And and he looked at me like he's, his little eyebrows got all narrow. He kind of furred his brows and he looked at me. 
and I smiled and I just waved. And then he looked at me a little more and then pretty soon he started to smile back. And then we had this whole nonverbal conversation <laughs> with him waving and covering his eyes and playing peekaboo. And we were having this whole interaction without ever saying a word. And I think that just a smile, mm -hmm. just a, a, a kind look. Right. It, everybody's busy. Everybody's stressed. Everybody's mad. It seems like everyone's angry that, about that something. Seem the way, doesn't it? And just a smile or just a gentle expression on your face can really make the difference in someone's day. It's hard to see their face sometimes because their faces are always pointed toward their phones. I almost hit somebody the other day because they crossed the street looking at their phone, not looking at traffic around them, right? That's crazy. Stuff like that happens. Um, how about things like courtesy? Courtesy is definitely, I think, a it's, if it's not a lost art, it is soon to be a lost art. I think, um, you know, perhaps it's where we live right now. I think I, I'm going to say in urban centers, it's probably a little bit different because of the high stress level and the high busyness mm, level right. in people in urban areas. Mm. Because when I travel to Ohio or when I travel through Pennsylvania or when I'm down in Virginia, I don't find that it's as prevalent but just saying please and thank you. You know, oftentimes I've been in stores where the cashier has had an, an earphone in, some kind of an AirPod or something in, and she's either talking to someone or listening to music. And I say, thank you, have a nice day. No response whatsoever because she's totally disengaged from the job she's supposed to be doing, totally disengaged from the people she's serving, and she's totally sucked into her own personal world. And so there can be no room for courtesy when I'm totally and completely self-absorbed because not only do I not respond to you, I don't even see you. Another thing I think is important in our, our verbal skills is, is to be correct in what we say. You know, there's a lot of uncorrectness. That's probably not even a word, I'm sure. But uncorrectness in the world today. People just, they share things on social media that simply are not true. And somewhere, it all begins with a lie, right? That What's the, the um, app that you can go to to find out if something's right or wrong? What's that oh, called? Uh, Snoop, 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 Snoops, right? Dot com, I yeah, think. Snoops. So sometimes I find myself going on Snoops to see, is this really true or not? And 70% of the time, it's not true at all. So in our verbal skills, we need to have correct information. Well, it, it's, it's also, again, akin to the, either the busyness and the availability of the Internet and the, the amount of time that we spend on social media. Because if I read it on social media, if I read it on Facebook, I assume it's the gospel truth. And 90% of what's posted on Facebook has no basis in truth. I mean, if I'm telling about my family, that's based in truth. But all those stories, you know, I, I remember a, a magazine article that I saw in the grocery store a long time ago. We were first married. It said, woman raped by ape, baby resembles father. <laughs> and, and people were picking it up, reading it, and commenting about how awful that was. Uh, yeah. And I thought, people... This is not true. not true. This is not true. But we've lost our ability to, to logically look at something, especially if it's something that we want to be true. If it, 
if it um, mirrors our political opinion mm. yeah. or if it mirrors a, a belief that we have or an opinion that we have, then we just absorb it and and just push it out there like it's truth when really it isn't. And honestly, I think that's irresponsible. I, I started responding to people like, hey, you need to check out Snoops. This isn't true. But then it got so overwhelming mm, and I didn't right. want to spend that much time on Facebook. So I... I just simply stopped. But these are intelligent people that I know, that I, you know, that I trust, that I've been friends with for a long time, and yet they just kind of mindlessly push this stuff out yeah. without ever checking. How about this? You're scrubbing the floor, you're trying to get your kitchen clean, you're working, 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 and you take a break to go to Facebook, and it looks like everybody around you is on vacation, right? So they're showing you on Facebook all these wonderful things to do. And you got to ask yourself, do they ever, do they have a job, right? <laughs> but social right. media is a way to express all this wonderment of life. It's like, you know, you live in a castle somewhere and here you are scrubbing the floor, wondering, man, what's life about? Or even just having a bad day. Yeah, having a bad day. Or, or having uh, some, you know, inner struggle with something. And, I, and I'm honestly, I'm guilty of that. I remember taking a picture of uh, something I think it was a Super Bowl party we were having and I set the table and put all the food out and and I moved some pans out of the way so it would look <laughs> it would look a little cleaner. And then I thought to myself, you know, I think for one week I'm just going to post pictures. Like this is the reality. This is what my house really looks like and you know, I never did that, but I think it would be it would be good because it it's that better homes and gardens uh, look at life. You mm. you think your house should look like the pages of Better Homes and Gardens, and that's it's airbrushed, it's right. it's cleaned, and nobody nobody lives in that space. Mm -hmm. At least they're not living in it at the time. And the first time they come into it, they're going to lay a magazine down, or they're going to set a coffee cup on the table, or you know, it's not going to look like that forever. Well, this has been a good conversation today, but my coffee cup is empty. You know what that means? It's time to close the broadcast for today. So we're going to leave you with this thought. Keep your coffee strong and your walk with God stronger.